you people are crazy for being here. You could die from being here. Don't you know that? Okay, so everybody on this side, if you look to everybody on that side and wave to them, would you? There's your greeting for the morning. Everybody, now don't wave back yet. Now you all look back at them and wave at them. So now you've done your greeting. It is so weird to come to church and not shake hands. I just, I can't, I think I've shaken two today because I just was accidental. I didn't think about it. No offense to anybody because it's not about me. It's about, I don't want to be responsible for killing you. So that, that would not be a good uh, thing to put on a death certificate killed by the preacher for shaking his hand. But, but it, it was one of those things, just you go to church and you're used to it and you're just automatic. And uh, I've heard others say that, but I'm grateful that we are acting with great wisdom and love and yet you've shown up. Tony came up to me this morning and said, we had a good crowd last Sunday when you were gone. You come back and look at the gaps. And I'm thinking, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Tony would point stuff like, but we had a good crowd for the early service too. So I think some of them wanted to escape you is I think the, the way it is. Um, let's sing a song. Well, first of all, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? We're, we're, gonna, we're just not going to do that this weekend. It's a little soon. I, I, I think it would be safe, but just to be safe. Uh, as far as the Praise and Harmony weekend, it is still on. I'm in conversation with them all weekend, and they see no reason yet. I see no reason yet. I think by then people will be with enough cabin fever. They'll really want to. And I do want to say this. For those of you who've been coming on Wednesday nights, uh, what you're doing there is making a difference, and Matt does a phenomenal job at that. It's not easy overseeing that and leading people in that. And already this morning, uh, with even just a, a dented crowd somewhat, we really did a great job with those two songs, and it's just a testament to what's going on on Wednesday nights. That's all going to be useful in the long run for us. So keep coming to that Wednesday night class for a couple more times, and then we'll have that weekend, and then we're going to see how that affects us on a regular basis. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the I was really looking forward to this Sunday because in the last few times I've been up here, it's been about really some contentious things. It wasn't exactly pleasurable to talk about. But this morning I was going to talk about something kind of like Jude was wanting to write about. He said, I want to write about the common salvation, something everybody agrees on. Every church, no matter what name is on it in Jonesboro, agrees that we take up the offering. That's what we're going to talk about right? There's nothing controversial about offering, right? And I was so excited because it was a nice, light, and fun sermon, kind of. And then as the week went on and this illness stuff and the coronavirus stuff kept going, I thought, well, you cannot, you cannot ignore that. And so I wrote this sentence, to stick with giving when the world is reeling and pandemonium from a pandemic would be pathetic. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's brilliant. Got to hear it again. To stick with giving when the world is reeling in pandemonium from a pandemic would be pathetic. And so uh, I decided, well, we need to talk about this and know what time it is. In some ways, you don't need a lesson like this because all you have to do is look on Facebook and you've got everything you need to know to know how to act properly at this time. 
I was cruising through there the last couple of nights, just thinking, okay, what, what needs to be said from a church pulpit and, and words of faith for this? And all these wonderful, kind things being said about what's going on in our world, about how we should act. There were lectures I was given, articles on how I should behave. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this? Like, we don't know common sense, like washing hands and things. And people were telling us what we should do, even what churches should do at times like this. Let me say this first, that the elders have been in a lot of thought and conversations back and forth and texts back and forth. And, and I wanted to put my two cents worth in, but they didn't ask me, so I didn't. And so I was just listening to their conversations. And I thought, well, here's what I do, and here's what I do. And I had other people texting me, telling me what the church should do too. And, and, and all this, not just necessarily from this congregation, people everywhere. The elders really put a lot of thought in this. And they thought from so many different angles. And they decided we're going to do what, what we decided, just be very cautious, but proceed. Now I'm going to say this, that's not exactly how I would have done it. But I love what the elders decided. And the attendance we've had is people saying, you know, we still want... We would be out anyway doing our jobs and stuff. We want to come together and worship. And I think our, our elders have been shown wise and cautious in what they've done. And I'm grateful that we have people thinking about this. But on Facebook, all these comments. And, and, and then you go home and March Madness is off, which is like the worst news ever. Because now you go home and there's no sports. You watch ESPN and they're having a bunch of interviews. And it's awful. Not even pool and stuff is on there. And, 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 and not only that, but the only thing really going is 24-hour news. And I decided, you know, I would rather risk the virus and come to church than stay at home and watch 24-hour news. Get you all riled. You want to go hang yourself by the time that thing is over. Listening to all the stuff they're saying and the blame and the, and the causes. And it's all political. And this president or that political party. And I'm thinking, seriously, at a time like this? Some argue it's all contrived. This is all made up stuff. The media is thrown into a frenzy. And you might be of that persuasion. I've been, I've been in that camp, right? And, and then you got others saying, well, okay, whatever. But we still need to care about each other and be cautious. I get that too. And some say dig a hole and stay in it till it's over. Until somebody says it's safe to come out. And all these radical reactions. And I want to avoid all the political stuff of this, if that's even possible. And talk about what do people of God do in moments like this? What does our source of authority have to say about moments like this? What time is this for us? One is it's time not to panic. It is not time to panic. I, I'm really baffled by, and this is not to be funny, but I'm really baffled about the whole toilet paper debacle thing. I can't figure out why there would ever be a shortage of that. We make that in this country, and there's plenty of it all the time, and people live with this all the time. Why all of a sudden is this shortage been created? It's created by panic. People wanting to get six years' worth in case we have this thing, and then, and then people left without. And I, I'm baffled. I, I don't understand. Why are people acting without common sense? Why, why not reason through this? Leaving common sense and doing things out of panic is always a bad thing. And certainly for God's people to get on Facebook and, 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 and sound the alarm like we've lost our minds too doesn't seem reasonable. I love the way Randy explained it earlier. Be logical and be rational. Really, wash your hands all the time. You should be doing this all the time. 
This is nearly always, you need to wash the brotherhood off your hands. That's what we say in my family at church. As soon as we get done, I go to my office, there's a little bathroom there. David made sure of that. And I wash my hands, wash the brotherhood off. And it's been the last several weeks that I'll go in between different times, wash hands over and over again. It makes sense. We need to be like the Pharisees and give our hands a ceremonial washing. In fact, I suggested on Facebook we should not have a foot washing today. We should have a hand washing. Everybody with a toothbrush and let's scrub each other's hands. Do, some, do that, but don't cancel your summer vacation plans. I'm one who kind of thinks this will be running its course by then. Even if not, don't, don't be so radical. Make sure your funeral expenses are paid up. And pay your bills. You know, go to do your job if your job is still functioning, but take into consideration what these medical experts say. Even if you think it's an overreaction, there's some very wise people given some wise caution. And here's the deal. The, the thing about your hands is not just, well, I'm not, wor- I'm not w- worried about it because I'm part of that age group that it's not really going to have a lot to worry about. But I'm shaking hands with people I love dearly who are not in that age group. And I'm concerned about them. And one way you love your neighbor is wash your hands. And though we aren't going to shake hands today, most of us, you can if you choose to. That's, that's something you can choose to if you want to. But I, I'm, tell, I'm not going to do that for your sake as much as mine. But a second thing, it's not time to point fingers of blame for what caused all this. I, I don't even know if that's even possible to know this. Do I think the Democrats are after Trump so much they're going to create a virus and throw it out there and try to undermine his presidency? That is way too much thought for me. I can't think that far ahead of anything. And that is just ridiculous. Can media do this and cause a lot of panic? Sure they can. But I I just think, I I think you're thinking too much. And sometimes what we need to do is don't worry about the blame. That's getting people riled up and getting people angry and getting people polarized from each other. Turn off the TV and play board games if you've got free time, right? Do something that, that, that can be constructive with this time. And it's not time either to to lose your faith. It's amazing to me. You know, you you pronounce like Missouri has four cases and the governor gets out and it's a state of emergency. And I'm thinking, really, for four cases? We're going to call this? But they're afraid of what we don't know, how many cases we don't know. And I get all that. And that unleashes some things. That allows him to go around some laws. And I get all that. But you know what? Sometimes we think in cases of emergency, in cases of, of, of things where, where things are really volatile, Christians have a right to suspend their Christian faith. Like somehow I don't have to, I don't have to respect my neighbor enough to consider him. I, I, I can, because of the dire circumstances, I have the right to, to a, a waiver of treating people with courtesy and respect. There is no such time. We are always to honor our Christian ethic, no matter what the circumstances are. Be kind to your neighbor. Think of others. This is not a time, and in fact, maybe this is one of those times where the stark difference between a peaceful, principled Christian will show up against the background of panic. We will show up like stars in the universe, we're told in Philippians chapter 2. And I want Christians to be those stars. Shine like stars in a dark world that is so afraid and so panicky, but we hold our faith. We act not out of fear, whether that be 
a fear of human beings offend, religiously acting against us, or whether that be a fear of circumstances around us, we act with faith. It is not a time to panic. It is not a time to determine a blame, and it's not a time to dispense with our faith and act with emergency. Okay? So what time is it? This is going to sound strange, but it is time to repent. Any time life is slowed down and forced to stop is a time to turn inward and reflect on our lives and take the advantage of those moments to inspect ourselves and make changes. And you're going to think, you mean in sickness? Yes, in sickness. Deuteronomy 28 has this long, is this long chapter in the old law right at the end of it where it says, here's the covenant blessings. If you'll follow my words, all these wonderful blessings will come to you. And then there's twice the amount at the end of that section on this is the covenant curses. And one of those curses is sickness and epidemic in the land. That will go through the land and it will purge the land because there's sin in the camp. And what you're to do, he says at the end of that chapter, is when you're living in a time where all of a sudden epidemic comes, what you're to do is go, oh, this is one of those times where I need to look in my life and make sure that I'm living right. This is the time to make a change. We're living so fast, we're living by our busy pace, and then we're forced by sickness to stop for a while. And we're coming, we're forced to somewhat of a halt. What do you do when everything else that usually occupies your mind is stilled? Reevaluate your life and think about some changes you might need to make. This does not mean this illness is caused by particular sin. That's not what it's saying. I'll give you another example. This is 1 Kings chapter 8. Here's Solomon dedicating the temple, and he's saying to God, God, whenever we turn and we face your temple and we pray, we ask that you hear us. And one of those times is whatever prayer, whatever plea is made, right? Whatever plague hits us, whatever sickness sweeps through the land, God, when we turn to you and we repent of our sins and we pray, we ask that you hear and that you respond. That's a, that's a regular prayer Solomon wants his people to make when time gets difficult. There is, I can't think of another thing ever in my lifetime that has stopped America cold. NCAA tournament every March we look forward to it it stopped Major League Baseball stopped September 11th for a couple of weeks we had to do that this is stopping all sports this is stopping everything this is stopping schools across the land this is stopping college Noah is going to finish his senior year of, of Harding from his house how weird this is novel. We have the greatest military in the world. There's nobody going to come into this country that's going to stop us. we got the most money in the world. There's no recession that's going to stop us. But there's this little virus that has invaded our country and brought us to our knees. It stopped us. Hey, America, you got all the money you think you want and all the military? You are not in control of this world. God can stop you flat in weird ways. And so it's a, time to, it's a time to reflect. It's a time to think about your life 
and make necessary changes. And the second thing it's time for, it's time to repent, it's time to pray. That's another one that he says. And this is where James comes in. James chapter 5, our reading that was given a moment. Is any of you sick? Pray. And then call your friends together. Call the elders together. Call people to pray for you. And then at the end, and that prayer made in faith will actually have your sins to be forgiven. It's a time to pray. We are the people of God. We're called the priesthood of God which means we stand before a lost world that needs God and we represent God to that world. And we also stand between God and the world and we make intercession for this world. We serve a world that needs to come to God. You agree? A world that needs to come to God and the way they see God is through us as the priest. But the other role of a priesthood is to make intercession. At this time, I want the world to look at the church and see the church not pointing fingers of blame and not saying, sky's falling, sky's falling. I want the world to look at the church and see a church that prays on its knees for a world that needs God more now than ever. And maybe they can see God a little more clearly when there's not sports in the way, when there's not other things in the way, and they just see a church on its knees praying for them. Who do we need to pray for? I want you to think of this list and add it to your list. Pray for those who've lost loved ones to this stuff all around the world. We're not just talking about the United States. We're talking about China. We're talking about Korea. We're talking about other countries like Italy that are, that are all bottled up. Pray for those who are fighting this. Pray for, those, pray for those health professionals who are ministering to people at this time. Pray for the healthy to stay this way. Pray for those whose occupations have been so powerfully impacted and their financial income have been negative about this. Pray for those people who are so terrified of it and losing their minds. Pray for those among us and around the world who are in that category of people susceptible to it the most. Let's represent God to them. Pray for those whose lives have been so inconvenienced by this. Here's Ronald Reagan's favorite verse, and it seems to fit here. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name, that's us, y'all. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, we've been humbled pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land this is a time for the for the church more than to proclaim and more than to blame to simply pray on behalf of a world that needs it it's a time to repent it's a time to pray it's a time to serve a time to serve we are told to love people in ways that are concrete. Galatians chapter 6 says, You have opportunity. Let us do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. And I have to wonder, is this one of those opportunities God drops in our lap? This is a time when people are receptive, people are listening. People are listening for a positive thing in the midst of all the negativity being tossed around. And I was watching, I was on Facebook and there was different things people were saying. And one of the bright spots, it's like a heart playing and God going, wah, is when Drew Ferguson, is she here? She's not here at the moment. Drew Ferguson put on Facebook, she's, she just, other people were saying different things and she said, I just want, to, want you to know if there's, Anybody, and especially older folks who need medications dropped off, who need groceries brought to your house, need anything done for you, just give me a call and I'll drop it by your house. 
That's the kind of thing that we have the opportunity to do at a time like this. Matthew 25, you know this, there's that judgment scene where he's given the criteria that determines, at least in this context, who goes with God and who is departed from God for eternity. And notice what he says. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. This is one of those moments we have an opportunity to serve. But sometimes the loving thing is not always easy to discern. The most loving thing I've done today was not shake your hand. The most loving thing I've done was to keep a distance from some. It's weird, isn't it? You would never say that. Any other situation, you'd look at that and say, what's wrong with that preacher? He's being so antisocial and obnoxious, right? Not, not right, right now, that may not be. I think you have to be careful how you interpret stuff. And right now, that's not the thing. Maybe the thing is to not go visit the older folks of the congregation. Usually, I would say to you, go drive by and see Doris and Max Merrill or, or, or somebody. Else. Maybe I would say to you, now, don't, don't do that. Don't go to the ICU and see, see uh, Kurtner, uh, Autumn Kurtner's dad. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe instead, you call and check on them. Maybe if you happen to be at Walmart later on this week and, and, you're, and you're just getting a couple of things, whatever happens to be on the aisle at the time, you're getting a couple of those things, and, and you know an older, just look up an older member of the congregation and give them a call and say, is there anything I can get you? If you just do that, they're going to say no, probably. But be ready for them to say yes. This is our chance to serve each other in a different way. So let's serve each other. And finally, this is really a time to anticipate and to actually rejoice. That sounds so weird, doesn't it? Most of you in here, I presume, because you know when the elders ask you, if you're not feeling well, don't come, I'm assuming you all are healthy. That's something to rejoice about. I hope and pray that you stay that way. But you have a reason to rejoice that you're here and you're healthy today. And there's also another truth you need to know. This is going to pass. There's going to be a post-coronavirus day, and it's sooner than we think. This is going to pass like the rest of things in history, and we're going to look back on it as a very strange time. God has provided us these bodies that fight these illnesses. They're able to fend the body off from them. We have people in our culture who have great wisdom who are fighting right now and struggling and studying in order to find something that's going to cure this, and they're going to find it. And it's going to be another occasion to marvel at God's creation. Psalm 103 has this itemized list. David's telling himself, he's telling himself, you're going to praise the Lord. Maybe he didn't feel like it. Maybe he thought he was kind of, maybe he thought he was a, 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 had nothing to praise God for. Maybe he was just down on his luck at one particular time. But whatever, he, he says, bless the Lord, soul. David, you're going to bless the Lord. He's talking to himself. All that's within me is going to bless his holy name. Why? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget the benefit package you have. Here's the itemized list, the first two. Forgives my sins. I know you're grateful for that. We have gathered around the table to remember that today. Second one, heals all your diseases. Or God's going to do that too. I'm grateful you came this morning. There were some that did not come wisely for them. They're worshiping at home, I feel certain. But I'm grateful that you... Well, you may have had an excuse. We had one guy at the early service say, I decided to switch membership 
to another church that wasn't meeting this morning. And then I switched back because I felt guilty. I, I said, good, you should feel that way. I'm glad you came. When I looked out this morning in early service and saw John Pruitt, who's with chemo right now, I thought, what in the world are you doing here? He needed this today. And while there's some who needed to be away, there are some who needed to be here, and I presume that's you. And I look out and see Bill Berry, 94 years old, choosing to be here. He's in that dangerous category of people. I'm grateful you came. And I pray for you, and I pray for all of us at this time to be prayerful and to be people who use this time wisely to repent, to pray, to serve, and to rejoice. And we've done every bit of that this morning. And now it's time, now it's time to go back into your individual lives where you are, to return to the world and demonstrate for the world that what it looks like when you live a life rather than by fear, by faith. You've chosen to live by faith and not on fear. And I pray that you'll continue to do that this week. It matters now more than most times for people to see that calmness and that principledness out of you. As for me and my house, we'll live by faith or we'll strive to. And I pray that's your choice too. And this morning you have this opportunity also. If something's amiss in your life and you have taken this time to repent and really reflect, hey, listen, if this has come into my house and it happens to come in strongly and invade our house, is, is my life right? This is a time to repent. And if you've seen fit that you need to publicly do that before this congregation, Now's the time to do that. And if you've never responded to God and you decided now more than ever is a time in your life where you need to respond to him, we want to make that available as well. Whatever the time in your life is, do what you need to do as we stand and as we sing. Take my life.